Welcome to the Marketer's Key Podcast with our host, Jason Dumbelli, who is a 16-year-old entrepreneur, speaker, and content marketer, interviewing business leaders around the world as they share their secret sauce about marketing and much more. Now let's tune in. Welcome everyone to the eighth episode of the Marketer's Key Podcast. Today, I have Austin Valeski, teenage entrepreneur. Now he's how old? 20? Uh, 19, yeah. 19, okay. Now he's yeah. 19. Still in his teens. Teenage entrepreneur with us. Yeah, I'm, it's a pleasure to have you in my podcast. Yeah, it's mine. Thank Glad you. To be honest. Thank you for being on my podcast. So can you give us an intro about yourself for those that don't know you? Yeah, definitely. So like you just mentioned, um, I'm 19 years old. Um, I started designing and developing products when I was around 10 or so. Uh, and in that time, I've created an app called Impossible Rush that got over a million downloads um, built. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's probably like my most insane story. Um, and then recently, just finished up an internship in New York for Square, mm-hmm. working on Cash App, which is kind of like a Venmo competitor. So, yeah, um, I, I like to kind of like position myself at the intersection of business, design, and development. Mm-hmm. I find all those areas interesting and um, just love to make things. So, nice. Yep. That's great to hear. But let's get back to Impossible Rush. So impossible rush because there's a lot of about like 500 to like 900 apps that are published daily by Apple. So what do you think or what did you do specifically to get to that many amount of plays? Yeah, I mean, one of the like key components there was I was 15 at the time and uh, around that same time that's when like the Flappy Bird craze was happening. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So <laughs> when I was making when I was making this impossible rush, I knew that like little games like that that I guess like were simple to make but were so simple to play that it really just like stuck and it was one of those things where people with like shorter attention spans I uh-huh. mean like our, people our age um, they just want to play something uh, that takes like 30 seconds and then the game's over and they can restart um, so I noticed that like people are really into these like really quick and short games mm-hmm. and uh, yeah when I was making Impossible Rush I, I kind of had like a feeling that maybe something would happen with it. Uh, like, so I made it in like, on like a Saturday evening. Um, it was just like a simple idea that my friend Ben had. Uh-huh. And um, we just made it. We didn't really care like if people would, like, I mean like that many people would download it. We, we just thought it was a fun idea and wanted to right. put it out there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, we made it. And then about a week after we put it out in the app store, it just like started climbing up the app store charts is kind of surreal like i had no idea that that many people would end up playing it and if i had known then the design would have been way better but (laughs) uh it is what it is and it's kind of funny how like you can work on a project for months and maybe get like a thousand users Mm. and you work on one that takes you a weekend maybe and just like just skyrocket goes crazy yeah exactly so i don't know i i I think like a key aspect was like timing of it all like Mm -hmm. flappy bird was very popular at the time. A lot of those like really quick games, people were like always heading to the app store to download new ones. Mm. Um, but then also like there's like a virality of it in the sense that it was a lot of fun to play and right. it was something that like you'd want to like tell your friends to see if like they could beat your high score. That's right. Um, so yeah, it was just like a really simple idea. Um, but we we didn't try to do too much. I, I think that's kind of key. Is like we stuck to that one idea. We didn't have different levels it's just 
simple like play button and then mm-hmm. gets harder and harder as you play it so yeah it's really simple and the timing of it was kind of perfect so no marketing strategies used for the app store because like because of the SEO yeah. ranking everything because so usually there, apps were in terms of like tags and um, like the description and title and all that stuff not too much but one thing that we did utilize a lot is influencer marketing mm. Uh, so we did we did have like quite a few runs to manage some really popular pages like I'm talking like million plus follower pages um, who are able to um, market it and like put it out there and I think eventually because of that like some like really famous youtuber picked up on it uh, and then made like a video of it of him playing it and getting like really mad and posted on YouTube uh, so it was, it was kind of like a ripple effect there in the sense that like we kind of got it going with um some like influencers posting about it um getting like the message right and then because of that more people posted about it mm-hmm. uh, yeah so so with the influence wait keep going with what were you saying? yeah so i mean just like in terms of impossible rush i think like first of all the idea was right mm-hmm. uh, it was something that just like could go viral um, it was like simple enough to play. The timing is right, but then the second part is the influencer marketing just like worked really well for it. Um, there's there's like certain things that influencer marketing works really well for, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like games like this. Uh, if the message is right and like the person that's pushing it knows how to like push it well, uh-huh. uh, it's usually like a good like I guess like recipe for creating like a successful app. Oh, that's great. And then um, for the listeners that are listening today, they might be wondering how they could get into this influential marketing, how they could network with these people that are behind the page, social media pages of 1 million plus followers or 500,000. Yeah. So how did you get connected with these type of people? Yeah, so if I'm totally honest, like at the time, um, Ben, the person I worked with, uh, he knew most of those people. Um, I had not like taken the effort to go out of my way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in, in like previous years I have like started reaching out to them and figuring out like what it takes to get them to like push your product, I guess. Um, like a few avenues I've taken. One of them is since I know how to like develop apps and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, I created a product for or like an app for uh, one of like the influencers. She would always, like, post these, I don't know if you've seen them, but they're, like, scaled down Twitter posts on, like, Instagram or anything. It kind of looks like a Twitter post, but mm-hmm. a lot of, like, memes use this format. Uh, so I, I made her a tool that essentially would automate that process. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I put my skills out there, but in return, she said that she would uh, market my product when it's released. So it was kind of like a way to, like, bargain or make a deal with her to... Be like, I know how to do something that would help you, and you know how to do something that would help me. Right. Um, but then, like, the other way is when you find these influencers, a lot of them are actually, like, willing to kind of, like, partner up with you um, on the app. So, for example, like, if I came to her, uh, this influencer that I know, um, when Impossible Rush was just getting started, told her I'd add her to the beta, get her playing the app, um, just, like, some... And... Um, her, um, oh my gosh, my mic's off, it's going crazy. Um, okay. good. Uh, so, like, just, like, telling her, um, that, wait, hold up, I might have to restart there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, essentially um, telling them, or, like, getting your foot in the door by giving them a product to use. So, like, getting them on the beta. And then right. uh, showing that it's maybe something that she want, want to post about it and telling her or him that they could get, like, X percentage of sales if they push it. So that's what I did with one of my games, uh, and it worked pretty well, so. Oh, okay. And when it comes to uh, growing your public figure, uh, what did you do to grow your credibility? Yeah, so a lot of that came with Impossible Rush. Um, When Impossible Rush skyrocketed, uh, I was able to, like, get on a lot of media, so... Um, I mean, it was a really good story if you think about it. Right. I mean, I was 15 at the time, and somehow, some way, built an app that beat the likes of like Netflix, uh, Snapchat, all of those. It was higher up on the top charts than they you know, were. Entrepreneur. Yeah, so it's it's just like a good story, and that's something that like a lot of kids like our age, I guess, like have an advantage mm-hmm. is that our stories are a lot more like, I guess, attractive to these news outlets. Because um, I mean, if if you watch the news, it's it's just kind of sad when you're watching yeah, it. Cause it they don't really sad. have a lot of like good positive content. So right. um, when they see something like this, or see a story of like someone making an app that helps someone, uh, that's a good story and something that they're like willing to pursue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because of that, yeah, I was able to get on NBC, WGN, Forbes, Business Insider, you name it. It just kind of like exploded. Um, and after you get on like a few major ones, it kind of just like trickles down and like a lot more publications will reach out to you and write posts about you. Like I remember like Huffington Post, they wrote about us and didn't even tell us that they were going to do it. It's just one of those <laughs> things where they see it on some other network and then they just post about it themselves. Right. So uh, definitely being like on those news channels helped out my credibility and I still get job offers because of it or like uh, contract job offers because of it. Um, but then also, because of that, I was able to um, speak at conferences. Right. Um, so I've done, I think, like, over eight conferences now in the U.S., Europe, and Israel. And that's all of that's nice. just because, yeah, and that's all that's just because, like, I was on TV there, and one person that runs a conference saw it, reached out to me, and I took that opportunity, mm-hmm. and someone in that audience that I was speaking at that conference saw it, and it just, like, Really just, just like, ricochet. Yeah, exactly. So, um, whenever you get like an opportunity to speak to any crowd or class or whatever it is, absolutely take the opportunity because yes, just like e- even if you don't get paid for it, it doesn't matter because it'll just I don't know. It, it just like really helps your image. Um, and yeah, who knows who's in that audience or who's listening to it? Yeah, I believe you because actually yesterday I got a chance to speak in front of a church they actually awesome. wanted yeah. me to talk and it was like about a audience of 150 people i could say nice. and then yeah. just like at the end everybody's like all saying thank you parents appreciate me for the me oh encouraging gosh, yeah. young people and you know now they're building connections now some yeah. person in the audience they're like oh i have a child he's an yeah. entrepreneur too and he's already doing big things so they yeah. also asked me oh i want you to like talk at this place and then a school just for me mm-hmm. marketing myself talk they're like oh i want you to talk here and there so yeah this really is what pushes and builds your credibility yeah i totally agree yeah speaking definitely helps with it um and especially if you can get like an international like opportunity to speak it it's just like huge i mean especially for like credibility because then it's not just like 
trapped to like the U.S. I guess mm-hmm. we're like close in like the bubble here. But yeah, I mean, all of that stuff is really important. And it's just like one thing that I've been like adamant about is just like always taking opportunities as they come up. Right. A lot of people like, especially once they say they like got one conference or um, did, did one podcast, whatever it is, like um, that they they, they kind of like set this ego. And the problem with, like, ego is that it'll, like, trap you from opportunities and seeing, like, what actually happens. Say more about um, it. Say more. Yeah. So it's just, like, take any opportunity that comes up, whether you're getting paid for it or it's free. Um, you just never have an idea. Or you never really know what's going to happen until you do it. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah. now I uh, did a little research. And, well, are you the CEO for, um how you call hallway yeah so we kind of have like a parent company it's called ingenious inc so mm-hmm. ingenious inc is kind of like the parent company think about it like the alphabet inc of right. google kind of uh-huh. like we have ingenious inc and that's the parent of hallway app mm-hmm. so yeah i'm the ceo ceo there and i'm working with my friend hugo Pakula, who is the cto mm-hmm. um i don't like getting into like titles when we're so small but um, yeah, I understand. A lot of, yeah. We're both carrying like a lot of weight on it, and yeah, it, it's so good to have an awesome co-founder on that. Yeah, talk to us about growing um, this company. Like, how's that going with you? Yeah, so um, hallway has been really fun because like normally when I build out these products, um, it's kind of like you build like a 1.0 of it, release it out there, and see how it does. But with hallway, we've been very thoughtful and very um, like careful with all the decisions that we're making mm-hmm. uh, so much so that like a lot of stuff is planned like we have our roadmap planned all the way to like 3.0 and all that stuff um, but building it I mean I guess that starts out like incorporation so we incorporate with Stripe Atlas Stripe Atlas for $500 gets you started with the company and all that stuff um, but then after that it's just a matter of like for us we got to get the product ready because mm-hmm. um, without a product, you don't really have much. Um, right. So this summer, the next like three months, we're really focused on like building it out because uh, we want to get it ready before the next school year. Correct. So for us, we're kind of like trapped by this deadline of we got to get it done before school. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, because him and I are both going on it full time, uh, funding is really important to us. Uh, we have to raise like an angel round, so probably about like. 150 to 200,000 um, to market the product, possibly grow the team, uh, and obviously pay for rent in New York. So right. uh, th- there's like multiple aspects of um, growing a business, but it's really exciting because it's the first time that I've been able to like, I guess, be a lot more careful and thoughtful of um, where we want the product to go. Right. Um, a lot, a lot of like the business one-on-one stuff, like setting a mission, a vision. Uh, marketing plan, all of that stuff. So mm. it's definitely different, and right. um, I'll be the first to say that I most of the time have no idea what I'm doing, but um, one thing I've always been uh, good about and I think is really important for other people to be good at is like just learning. Um, it, it's always a good thing to see new challenges, see new like goals, and not be like scared of it. Just right. take it as like an opportunity to learn and grow. So, yep. Thank you, thank you. And um, moving forward, is there any marketing strategy that you're using, even though you guys started and don't have the final product, 
but like it's always good to like put some marketing strategies and put them to work mm-hmm. out there even though you're growing the company so is there any you using particularly For sure. yeah and, and if i'm totally honest like with hallway app we haven't really done too much uh, just because like we we don't want to like show i guess like a lot of it before it's finished and stuff mm-hmm. um but in terms of like when we're releasing it we're totally planning on um, emailing and reaching out to like news channels because once again like it's a pretty good story mm-hmm. like two teenagers that I guess dropped out of college <laughs> full time and the whole goal is to help parents and students uh-huh. so we plan on like emailing them out and, like pushing that close to like the beginning of the school year mm-hmm. um, but another tactic that I've like always used with any product I've launched is you gotta do like the standard like product hunt um, hacker news the other ones like facebook groups any facebook groups you're in like mm-hmm. i know hackathon hackers is like at least a thousand members right there uh-huh. um posting on your facebook posting on your twitter um getting friends to retweet it uh, a lot of that stuff just like posting and getting it out there is huge because mm-hmm. um, who knows maybe a person that retweets it has a hundred thousand followers and then all of a sudden your audience is so much larger um but yeah, I know that's, like, very scattered, but, like, one thing that has, like, always worked pretty well, especially, like, getting, like, the first hundred downloads is those Facebook groups. Like, mm. if you post around, like, Hackathon Hackers, that's awesome, because, like, the people that are downloading it are most likely, like, developers and designers and stuff, uh-huh. and they'll give you kind of, like, the feedback or, like, the criticism that you really need, especially, like, early on. Right. Um, so, yeah, just, like, don't estimate, like, underestimate the power of just like Facebook and posting in like big groups there. So it's like really a matter of going down to your niche. Yeah, definitely. And you just gotta like understand the kind of people that would like want to download your app, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. so for example, like Hallway app, like we're heavily targeting like high school students. So we're not gonna go like on, on like a forum or website that's like definitely like. I guess, like, parents and stuff like that, because we want to really, like, drive the downloads to the students. Exactly. Um, But then also, like, at the same time, like, because we're going after, like, high school students, um, just, like, because I'm, like, or I used to be a high school student, I understand, like, influencer marketing works really well for me. Uh um, Because I see, like, memes. I see posts from these accounts, like, all the time in my feed. Mm. And honestly, they, they work. Like, I'll end up downloading the app. So I know that, like, for Hallway app, like, influencer marketing will work really well. Um, so that's definitely, like, in the strategy. It's, like, utilize that. Yes, that's great. That's great. Um, now, as I'm concluding this podcast, um, do you have any secret sauce you'd like to share to us about brand building, sales growth, um, just anything that revolves around marketing for the podcast listeners today? Yeah. Um, that one's tough. So, some like I really guess, good advice. You know? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I've mentioned it a lot, but influencer marketing is really huge, and like, mm-hmm. if your product like matches up, like for example, like Impossible Rush and Hallway App, they both do like match up with, I guess like the demographic, like, the younger demographic, uh-huh. um, 
and it's something that like can have a message along the lines of like like I guess like clickbait message of like uh, uh, this app makes high school so much easier or um, I can't stop playing this game like things like that that's like yeah. what all of these accounts do uh-huh. and if you can like fit your like app or brand around that um, then yeah I mean like influencer marketing works really well but uh, I guess like other things it's just like always be open to opportunities always like if you're ever given any opportunity to like speak or um, be on a podcast or have like a news channel write a story about you, mm-hmm. like absolutely take it. Never turn one down just because um, it, it, it's one thing to grow your like brand as yourself, but it's like another thing to like show that you're someone that cares about the products that you make. Right. Uh, so for example, like when, when I go to like speak at a conference, of course, like at the end, I'll like drop names of like apps I've made. Mm-hmm. And then, like, kids in the audience will download the app, and then they'll tell their friends. It just, like, goes on and on. Right. So, um, just be a good person and always take opportunities. Yes, thank you. Thank you, everyone, yeah. for listening to today's podcast. This concludes it. This is me with Austin Valeski, a 19-year-old entrepreneur who created five apps, working on his sixth. And thank you, Austin, for all the advice you have given to us today. Yeah, definitely. My pleasure.